AAT Birds Weekly Report is the Eagle News, notes, and analysis you need. Welcome back to another episode of the AT Birds Weekly Report. Uh, we have a familiar face back in the fold here. Uh, Chip, at Chip for the Birds, is joining us. What's up? And of course, myself, Johnny U9322. And we have a special guest here. Uh, Kendall is joining us tonight to uh, talk some birds. Uh, you can find him at Quebec Eagles. I uh, see him all over posting some good content there. Uh, so, hey, fellas, we're going to talk a little bit about the Texans win. We're going to talk Eagles 8 0. And then we're going to get into the Washington mess, if you want to call it that, uh, because that's exactly what it is. Uh, we'll get into that uh, a little bit later. But, hey, let's go. Some Eagles football. Uh, we have to wait a little bit um, since they played on last Thursday. So it's what? Yeah. A little mini bye week. But uh, kind of give me your takeaways from uh, this week. I'll start with you, Kendall. What are your kind of takeaways from this win uh, last week, uh, well, last Thursday, uh, to, to go eight now? I would say it was probably um, kind of expected to come out a little like rusty. Um, you know, when you're on the road and on a short week, I mean, there's going to be some flaws. So, I mean, I wasn't expecting it to be 14-14 at halftime. Um, I was hoping to be at least a touchdown lead going at half. But um, especially with Cooks being out, Collins being out, I mean, I thought at least, you know, we kind of control the game. But, I mean, they came out hot. Um they obviously, with us being seven and zero, like target our back. So, you know, we're everyone's biggest biggest threat, and they're going to be playing their best ball against us. So, I mean, I I liked how we answered the second half because we we made the adjustments and we came out, you know, definitely sharper. But the first half was very unlike how we've been the past seven weeks. But overall, I mean, you kind of expect it, and nothing to worry about. And hopefully this mini black can help us regroup for, for this week. Yeah, Chip. Yeah, I think that this this Texans game was the ultimate trap game um, because there was so much surrounding Philadelphia in general. You know, it was the middle of the Phillies playoff run. It was the middle of the Union. You know, their championship run. The Sixers were doing their thing. So it was kind of easy for the first time to overlook the most important team in Philadelphia. And they were coming off of a bye. They were – getting some pieces back. They were playing against a team that was flat out bad. I mean, the Texans are a bad football team. They had no business being in the game with us. So it was, it was kind of the ultimate trap game. It was coming off of a short week. If you listen to any of the comments that Darius Slay said, he, uh, he flat out hates Thursday night games. He gave an interview. He's like, when they hire me to do the Thursday night coverage, 
Um, as a as a reporter, I will say flat out the Thursday night, like make it a Friday night game, make it a Saturday night. The Thursday nights really affect with the recovery time that they need. Sure. So there was that, and Darius Slay had a big issue with it. And you can see the team kind of came out flat, which is why I'm excited that they got this second now mini bye week. Um to kind of gear up for the second half of the season. But again, they came out flat and they, they figured it out. Yeah. And you, you look at what happened in that game and you know, you get the mini bye week. So get some guys to recover and rest up, but missing Jordan Davis is a pretty big loss because Damian Pierce was able to run the ball and run the ball at will. I know they, they tried to piece it together with Tui Pelo too and Marvin Wilson, but there's those guys just, it's they're, they, what they are, they, what they, mm-hmm. they are, what they are came in. Uh, talk a little bit there, but unfortunately, uh, that's kind of the Achilles heel if you want to kind of look at a, a weak point. Um, and it's it's scary because when you look at the schedule and you look what's coming up, uh, there are teams that are going to be able to try and exploit that and try to run the ball. Uh, you have Derrick Henry coming to town. You do have Green Bay with you know Aaron Jones if he's healthy and, and A.J. Dillon. So you have Dallas again. You have Saquon Barkley. So there's, there's teams that are going to try to exploit that with the Eagles are going to have to uh, try and figure that out, and depend uh, depending on how long Jordan Davis is going to be out. I know they say high ankle sprain, but he is a big guy, mm-hmm. so it could be four to six weeks. Uh, it could be a little more than that, but uh, as long as he gets healthy enough for a playoff run. But looking at this game against Houston, eight and zero, first time in franchise history. They've never been eight and zero. You have Jalen Hurts going twenty one to twenty seven, two hundred forty three yards, two touchdowns. It's just you never thought like. Even how the game was tied, it just Jalen Hurts just has that calm demeanor, and it's just he's he's just that guy. Mm-hmm. He's just not gonna let something affect him. Whether it, you know the fumble that he had, his first fumble loss of the season, um, you know he only has three turnovers this season, which is which is crazy, really? you know, compared to what we had uh, in previous uh, quarterback regimen. But, but it's so interesting because one of one of the biggest knocks on him this entire offseason was that, you know, he's not good at this and he's not good at that. And, you know, three turnovers, it's not like he's not taking chances either. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's slinging the ball all over the place. He's tucking in and running when he has to. I mean, to me, he is the most consistent, steady part of this team. And the team is finding success around him. So – to all the Jalen Hurts haters, and again, I wasn't necessarily a hater this offseason. I was much more of a, we still have questions, but I think he's come out and answered all of those questions. And I do expect there is going to be a pretty significant payday in his future, and there should be. He's come out, he's led this team. The players want to be here. That's the other thing. You know, you look at the previous regime, and I know we're doing a Washington week, so we're going to probably bring this guy's name up, but the the, the graveyard of bodies and coaches that Carson Wentz has left behind, whether it is, you know, coaches or backup quarterbacks or, or, or linemen or whatever it is, Jalen Hurts is not that guy. He is the absolute steadying force behind this team, and it's why they're 8-0. And he's getting along with the coach, and he's got the same coaches and the same coordinators. I mean, it's all kind of coming together at this point. I think, I think going into the offseason – um, a very underrated part of Jalen Hurts' game that he had to progress in was turnovers because early in his career, that was, like, a big problem. Like, he would fumble the ball, you know, at least once a game, whether he lost it or not. It was a huge problem. And 
he has answered all those questions. Like turnovers have been pretty much non-existent. And even the two that the two picks this year weren't necessarily all his fault. I mean, the pick mm-hmm. six in Jacksonville wasn't great, but and you know they also better. should not have been throwing that ball. Correct. Right. Exactly. And you know, and that's the thing. Like it's it's good to know that Hertz is able to, you know. When you're facing back against the wall, you're, you know, you're down. I think they were down against the Texans when he fumbled the ball. You're able to come back and answer the next drive and, and have a, a, a great long drive. That's, that's big. And that's what you need from a quarterback. And that's what that's what winners do. So, Yeah, and I, I think looking at the Texans, and they go right down the field. They score. They're running the ball. Defense gives up 168 total rushing yards uh, on Thursday. And it's just – it, that was that was concerning, um, but then when you flip it and look at a guy like J- Javon Hargrave, five sacks in the last two games. He had three sacks, and he's he's a force up front. Um, and it's unfortunately, you know, Milton Williams is sprinkled in there, but Fletcher Cox is kind of having a little bit of a tough year. Uh, he has his moments. He, he is what he is. He's over thirty years old. He's at the downside of his career. And he needs to be playing less. Unfortunately, with Jordan Davis' injury, it's not going to help him all that much. But I feel that he is going to get a little bit less time because the more Robert Quinn is here, the more they're going to implement him into the game plan, into the the rotation. I know he wasn't in that much, and I will. Yeah, they did not use him the other night. No, and you know he's still new, learning everything. I will say though, the neck roll he's got going on is is pretty badass. I'll, I'll give that. You know, any 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 player that wears a neck roll, same with like the black visor. It just adds another For element sure. of the cool factor to their uh, costume, as Chip's wife likes to call it. No. Um, <laughs> but the one player I want to bring up to you guys, um, and I'll bring up the first guy to you, Chip, and then the second guy I'll have uh, you touch on it, Kendall. The first guy for Chip, you know, I'm you know I'm going to bring him up is Dallas Goddard. Do it. Do Hundred it. yards touchdown. You know, he's just. He's been such a great focal point of the offense, and he mm-hmm. can just do so much to this offense and help. Jalen Hurts progress as a passer and this offense progress in general. I think the thing that always worried me about Dallas Cotter is you go from this Hall of Fame caliber tight end and Zach Ertz. And Johnny, you and I have had this conversation that Zach Ertz is Mr. No Yak, right? He catches the ball and he falls down. There is no yards after the catch, but he's short-handed, which when you're checking down to a tight end in a lot of situations is really the only thing that matters. You want to make sure that they can catch the ball. Dallas Goddard still is good for probably one, at the minimum, really terrible drop a game. But this season, he's again, he's not in that upper echelon. He's not in that, you know, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey echelon of tight ends yet. But you can see that he's on the ascent. And the more he builds that rapport with Jalen Hurts, the better he's going to be. He's just got to eliminate those really bad drops those ones where he is wide open and he is no excuse yeah yeah that's uh that's one thing he does have to give he's just an all-around tight end and it's it's great to see the other guy i want to bring up to you kendall is miles sanders mm-hmm. and what he's doing in a contract year he had 93 yards 17 carries 93 yards a touchdown and it's just watching him run the ball it's not that dancing behind the line of scrimmage it's mm-hmm. hitting the hole getting up there if, even if you get two three yards kind of pushing yourself to get that extra yard or two and it's just it's it's a fun sight to see because what this offensive line can do for a running back like him. Definitely. And 
this is kind of what we've been waiting for from him because he's quietly having like easily the best year of his career. And I think one of his biggest problems when he was growing as a runner is like just hitting the hole and, you know, just like, you know, don't, not hesitating, not dancing, just finding the hole, hitting it and then running. And, you know, we saw sparks of that. I mean, I think of one specifically against the Steelers in 2020, like he had, he had like even one against the Saints, he had many great runs that year and, you know, credit to the offensive line, but it's like, you know, if they're going to create these holes for you, you got to find, you got to go. And that was his biggest problem uh, coming into the league. And this year, like he's has put that behind him and he's just having a, a big year. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if the Eagles are looking to bring him back. I know how he doesn't like paying running backs. And personally, I don't either because, you know, it is the truth. They are very replaceable. And I honestly like what I see in Kenny, like, he played really good against the Texans too. Like he had some really hard runs and I think he can be utilized more as a, you know, as a receiver too, but he has some drop issues too, but you know, miles is having a great year and I hope he, he can stay healthy and can continue that. So our other coast Mike says bring back miles. Um, I, I think the conversation you have to have about miles Sanders though, is the injuries, right? So one of the reasons why, I mean, in the NFL, the NFL is not a running back league anymore. You know, you look at the the Derrick Henry, and I, at the beginning of the season, I said, you know, Derrick Henry is the second best running back in football behind Jonathan Taylor. But what has slowed Jonathan Taylor down this entire season? Uh, injuries. Injuries. And injuries, a bad coaching staff. And I can't even blame it on the coaching staff, but a changing quarterback, changing offensive lineman. I mean, Jonathan Taylor has shown that he is not the same running back that he was last year. So in order for Miles Sanders to be brought back, in my opinion, he 100% has to make it through this season without missing a game. Yeah. Because yeah, I, think I think if he misses a game or two, you know, you're, you can see life without him. And if the offense still clicks, well, then he is a place that is repeatable. For his own sake, he needs to remain in the lineup every week so that he can show like, Hey, this offense doesn't click without me. I mean, we even saw last year with Jordan Howard, like, I mean, Jordan Howard, who is he even on the team anymore? Like, yeah. like he, 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 he produced, I don't know who though. I can't think off. I think, of I think we did Saints. But he produced and like, he was great. And it's like, I mean, you know, I don't know if it's credit to, to Stoutland, the offensive line, but it's like, you know, we don't need miles, but, what makes him so dangerous is these long breakout plays that he that he can give. So yeah, home run hitter. He is on the Saints. You guys are right. He can be a home run hitter. I and I think so. my only question with Miles and you know the resigning and uh, look at the rest of the free agents that you have. And one guy I'm going to bring up here is so many free agents. Yeah, DJ mm-hmm. Garner Johnson. These league of five. Has you got to sign him. Season. You got to sign him big. Oh no, no, absolutely. Um, but. You looking at at him and what he's done and what how he's done bringing this team together and the talent, I, you know, for me is just looking at a Miles Sanders and you know Adam brings up a good a good thing here. Eagles, you know, Jameer Gibbs in the draft, he'd be a good replacement. There's a lot of running backs coming out of the draft. You can get a guy in the second, third, fourth round to be able to complement the guys you have and you know maybe pick up a veteran at a, a lower cost. But the amount of free agents that you have. To pay plus you have to pay your quarterback yeah there is and he's gonna guys that are gonna be yep. left off whether it's that price is going up yeah and then and all these players are playing well kaiser white's playing out of his mind uh marcus epps is playing well cj gardner johnson's playing well yeah javon hargrave is playing well so 
you have these guys that are that are playing very well. It's just you can't sign them all. So right. And I think the thing that you have to keep in mind as well is running backs are the one position in the NFL, which is as you lose the tread on the tires, you really don't like you're going to see them at their best. And then it's only downhill. Right. So I, I mentioned this all the time. The Dallas Cowboys, their best running back is not Ezekiel Elliott. It has never been Ezekiel Elliott since Tony Pollard joined the staff. As soon as Tony Pollard joined it, Ezekiel Elliott became the second best running back in the room. And the problem is that the game planning for the Cowboys is still feed Zeke. And it actually hurts them offensively. You saw what Tony Pollard was able to do when Ezekiel Elliott missed a game. So you kind of see the same thing with Miles Sanders, where Miles Sanders is a good running back. But he, from this point, is never going to get better than he is right now. Right? Because... Him coming out of college, the, the positive about him was, well, he played behind Saquon Barkley, so Saquon Barkley got the bulk of the carries, and there's not as much you know wear and tear on Miles Sanders. Well, now he's been in the league a couple of years. He's got the injuries stacking up. There is some wear and tear on Miles Sanders, and it I think the injuries are something you really have to consider. And the knock on Howie was always, well, he doesn't pay linebackers. Okay, well, he, now he's paying linebackers. So for him, us to say, well, he doesn't pay running backs either – I don't want to just blanket Howie and, and say that, but I think in order for us to pay Miles Sanders, number one, he's got to make it through the season, and number two, that there's got to be no clear replacement in in the draft because you know Adam and Mike they're both dropping names all over the place. Right now, we have the number six pick in the draft. Now you never draft a running back that high unless they're like, a, you know. They have number six and number 31. Given now, number 31 because the Dolphins don't have a first round pick. I see a lot of people putting 32. They there is no 32 first round picks. Oh, right. Yeah. So, so that's crazy. Yeah. So you have six and 31. And uh I, I've I've mentioned it to Mike uh in terms and by the way, quick on your Zeke uh Pollard point. Zeke's averaging four point one yards a carry, Pollard's averaging six point two yards a carry. There's that argument there. Um, that's the but that's the entire argument. Pollard is a more yeah. explosive bag. Zeke, you have to get him. 25, 30 carries in order for him to get the numbers that you want out of him. Don't tell Jerry Jones that. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And I, I think a, a lot of it to do is you're looking at the draft and you're, and I mentioned it to Mike, of course, Mike wants to pick Will Levis because he's just a hater like that. Um, <laughs> but you're looking at them. If they have a top seven pick, there's going to be teams that are going to need quarterbacks, you know, in Indianapolis, if they don't finish as bad as, you know, cause they have a few wins here, you know, teams like that, they're going to want to call the Eagles to, Howie Roseman answering the phone mm-hmm. saying, I'll give it to you, but you're going to have to give me a lot back. And, oh, for sure. you know, because remember, they also have the same second round pick next year in 2024. So they have a lot of assets. They have these guys that still have to resign. There's a lot of a lot of fun building blocks. Um, and it's pretty crazy uh, because back in 2020 and the way this team was going into 2021, you wouldn't have really thought they'd be where they're at in the 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 reclamation project of this roster that Howie has done has just been, you know, magical. And I, you know, well, let's, let's, let's Adam Mark talk. Anderson and uh, we'll get to draft up later. Let's talk about the one Howie Roseman highlight from Thursday night. <laughs> that was so goofy. That was- <laughs> so for those of you that were really watching the Phillies game and weren't paying attention, Howie Roseman is swag walking around Houston <laughs> And he sees this sign that's got a bunch of names crossed out. You know, your Nelson Aguilar's, your J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. 
your Carson Wentz is all these names. And then you see AJ Brown and it's like, you're forgiven. And Howie Roseman walks right up to this Eagles fan and goes, I'm forgiven for your first effing Super Bowl, F you. And I'm like, Howie, a year and a half ago, we were calling for your head on a platter, dude. Like, way to balls up. <laughs> way to go. Yeah. But he's also right. I mean, he basically stole an extra first-round draft pick and got A.J. Brown. That's the thing. People love to, like, talk about, you know, the Jefferson thing and DK thing. But it's like, right now, we got A.J. Brown and Smitty. Like, you cannot ask for much more. And I think the difference with the Eagles going all in this year compared to uh, 2017 is that they didn't really have, like, a plan after that year. And we kind of saw that unravel with, you know, everything unfolding the way it did. They paid Wentz, and then it went down from downhill from there. This year, like, you can see there's a plan. Like, you have a second-round pick in, uh, next year. You got two firsts this year. You know, you have a bunch of free agents, but you have picks and you have cap room to maneuver with so that you are set up for years going up down the line. Now, you know, with Hurts getting paid this, this in the offseason, you know, it might make it a little bit more difficult, but I feel as if there's a plan now, and our window is more is more broader than it was back in 17. And you make a great point because when you look at 2017 and then you shift it over and look into 2018, now remember in 2018, Donnie Jones leaves, Brent Selleck retires, Vinnie Curry uh, leaves, my, uh, Michael Kendricks leaves. And then what you do is you sign guys like Corey Nelson, Haloti Nada, Mike Wallace, you know, Richard Rogers was signed, you know, players, Michael Bennett, <laughs> Michael Bennett was then acquired mm. uh, in trade. And, you know, the draft there was great. Every single guy in that draft, but of course they didn't play all that well, but the issue was Torrey Smith leaves. Um, you know, you trade these players, you get rid of them. And then Mike Wallace plays one game gets hurt. Right. And you have all this, basically all this trouble that happens because there are all these older guys and all these injuries. And then yep. at one point in 2018, you're playing with three out of the four defensive backs are like practice squatters, whether, um, you know, one guy that's actually starting in the league, Channon Sullivan, but he didn't get that much of an opportunity. But you got these guys that don't have, you know, the repertoire to be able to be Good players, and we saw it. We saw it 2020 when you have Michael Jaquette playing corner outside oh. corner. I'll, I will take onus on this. Uh, I thought he was going to be somewhat decent, you know, big long corner. I was yeah. wrong. Um, but you look at the roster now, and you look at the players behind these guys, and they got young players with skill. They got some depth. And it's just younger players because you know AJ Brown is what 24 years old. Uh, you know, Devontae Smith is what, 22, 23. You have Dallas Goddard, who's what, 26. You, know, you have all these players who are young. You know, Quez Watkins is still young. It's just your quarterback's only 24 and, years old. And my favorite part of it is that they are learning the appropriate locker room behavior and the mentality of winners from these Eagles legends. So, like, Jason Kelsey is showing Cam Jurgens how to be a leader on offense. And Cam Jurgens is already in place learning from him. Jordan Davis is already in place learning from Fletcher Cox. So you mentioned the fact that you saw a plan. Yes, this team does have a plan. And I remember when they hired Sirianni, one of the things that we talked about on the show is, you know, he, he's saying, oh, well, Howie builds the roster and then I execute. And we were over here going, yeah, but Howie can't build a roster. Well, turns out Howie can build a roster when people aren't negating and questioning and second guessing every single thing that he says. 
So I'm not saying I've completely forgiven Howie Roseman, but what I'm saying is that he clearly knows what the hell he's doing. For sure. Yeah, yeah you're right. You know, you look at that. Why um, are people still answering his phone calls? Well, <laughs> he has fleeced the entire NFL. Yeah. And you know what? Howie, I'm okay it's with the that. National Fleece League. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm okay with that. But, you know, shifting it over to the opponent the Eagles have on Monday night, uh, the Washington <laughs> Commanders, four and five. Uh, God, you know, they suck. It's, it's not Carson Wentz, it's Taylor Heineke. Um, wait, wait. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. Do you remember before the season? We had a conversation, I want to say with Rio, and how we were so excited about going down, doing the Philly sports trips, and doing the tailgate, and we said, well, this is the only chance you're going to get to see Carson Wentz. Everyone's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, because he didn't – He and we said because he may not be healthy come now. I'm just going to sit here in my rightness and be right, just like right here. <laughs> because he got hurt. Uh, yeah, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Taylor Heineke's there. Um, to me, he's – I don't know. To, how do I kind of trying to say who he is? Like a Jeff Garcia type, a guy that's not even, not even. He's gonna test it. He's gonna he's gonna make a play here and there, but he's gonna also, also turn the ball over. And if you're gonna do that to a team like the Philadelphia Eagles, that you know take the ball away, and they take the ball away uh, mm-hmm. big time. Uh, you know their offensive line's still shaky, uh, and I think that. The Eagles defensive line can get at get after Taylor Heineke. I think it's going to be the crowd's going to be crazy. It is at home Monday night uh, under the lights, so uh, that's fun. But what are some key matchups? Sorry, you Kendall. What's some key matchups that you're or one key matchup that you're waiting to see come Monday night? Um. Well, first of all, I I do think uh, the Commanders are a better team with Heineke. Um, I mean, you kind of you can just tell on the sidelines like they just, they just rally around him. Like they embrace his leadership. Like he's a gritty player, and he like yeah. he, he's he makes plays. And like you said, like he, he'll you know have that turnover, and that showed on Sunday when you know he had that late turnover uh, in the fourth quarter. And you know, but that's what that's what comes with you know being frisky and like you know making trying to make a big play here and there. But a matchup, I would say, it would probably be our defensive line versus their offensive line because um, I've, I want to see Robert Quinn finally get involved. I want to yeah. see him get in some sacks. Like, I, I want to see what he's all about because last year he had, what, 18 and a half, and we haven't seen anything yet this year from them because I think he had maybe, what, one sack in Chicago. Yeah. But um, I want to see, you know, how, how, how Fletcher plays because, you know, he has some good plays this year, and he's made some big stops, but – he also has some, some duds and he hasn't always been his best. So, um, and then I guess, um, I'm trying to think who else. Not too sure, but uh, definitely defensive line working to, to get to Heineke, you know, make, make pressure, make him feel uncomfortable, uncomfortable, you know, have that, you know, that, that Philly crowd get to him and let him make the mistakes for you because you know, if the pass rush can get there and Slay and uh, and James can do their job, like it could, it could get ugly. But you know, if they don't get to him and a rush isn't isn't uh, developed, you know, he could pick apart our, our defense. Yeah, and one one that I'm kind of looking at quickly here is the AJ Brown Devonte Smith against their secondary. Uh, William Jackson was traded to the Steelers. 
I know he had been playing pretty bad anyway, but uh, mm -hmm. uh, one of uh, when we went to the game, uh, one guy that I think perk uh, chip a little bit was uh, Rashad Wild Goose. Great name. Uh, great name. <laughs> they're uh, one of their uh, cornerbacks. Uh, but that that that'd be a match matchup that I would be uh, thinking about. Would be that number one, Taylor Heineke, and again I have now through this podcasting world, met enough people who are Washington fans. Actually, I think I met all of them because there's only like 18 of them. They are so hot and cold on Taylor Heineke because he sucks, he sucks, he sucks. He's the worst. They win a game. Oh, Taylor Heineke's great. He's that guy. He's got that fight in him. And then he does exactly. This is a guy who is – now Now here's a guy who is not a good quarterback. Point blank, he's undersized. He's got a he's got an arm, but it's not like a huge arm. He underthrows receivers. He doesn't do what he needs to do, and occasionally he leads him to a win. You know, his calling card is going to be he kept up with Tom Brady in the playoffs. That's what it's going to be. Um, but he's not the future. Now, the longer that Carson Wentz is out and not playing, I think that you know Heineke's going to stick around, and you know you're going to hold off on Sam Howell who they did draft. I mean, I'm, I'm at this point, I'd be surprised if Carson Wentz is in the league next year at all, just being totally honest with you. I think the injuries, again, are stacking up. Um, I do – I'm not necessarily worried about their defensive pass rush because our offensive line is the best offensive line in football when healthy. I think where I am most uh, interested – I'm not even going to say concerned – is because of having Taylor Heineke – you will rely on the run game a little bit. And I think the combination of Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson are two very good running backs. And if we cannot slow them down, it opens up McLaurin and Curtis Samuel over top. So I do think that the offense as a whole is something to watch for, but it is all centered on can we stop the run game of Brian Robinson and uh, Antonio Gibson. That's probably been the – Eagles defense's biggest Achilles heel is like tackling. Like they have been atrocious at tackling. And like it's the basics. And like, you know, that might might sound like cliche, but like, I mean, we saw on Thursday, like they could not tackle Pierce to save their life. And so that's probably my biggest concern moving forward in terms of like our, you know, our next opponents. Like I am worried about, you know, uh, Dylan and Jones with Green Bay. Obviously, Derrick Henry, who just had 200 yards against that Texans defense. Like, you know, if they cannot get this tackling down, like that is going to be a liability moving forward, and it already is. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And the one thing with Washington, they're a little banged up in the linebacker. Uh, David Mayo and Cole Holcomb are a little banged up, questionable. So uh, that's something to look at if you want to look at the Eagles running the ball. Uh, if they're going with a few backup linebackers there. Uh, but again, their defensive line is what their strength is on their defense with Deron Payne, with Jonathan Allen. Uh, Montez Sweat. Now Chase Young still isn't healthy, um, which is concerning if I'm a Washington fan uh, with that injury, what kind of an injury that is. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, look, looking at the Eagles have to stop stop the run game. Make Taylor Heineke beat you. Uh, that's what you're going to need to do. And I know Jahan Dotson's mm -hmm. been, been banged up the last few weeks as well, so I'm not sure what his game status is going to be. Um, there wasn't a lot in terms of injury reports since they play on Monday. Uh, just, a, just one or two uh, questionable guys I saw, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, nothing too definite right now because it's a little too early still, but um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a fun game. I, you know, it's a divisional game. 
would you like to see a blowout? Yeah. It may be a little closer, kind of how the Houston game was to start. And then maybe the Eagles are able to uh, pull away into the second half. But uh, another fun stat that I saw from Jeff Kerr, uh, he tagged us in a photo, um, was the Eagles are one of, I believe it was nine, I think nine, eight, eight or nine teams. I'm going to pull it up because it was actually a really good stat that he um, he had. So it's yeah, right here. So the Eagles most consecutive games without trailing in the second half to begin a season, which means in the second half you had the lead until you win. Um, yeah. So the most consecutive which is great because we normally give up a third quarter. Like <laughs> just don't play it. <laughs> right. But the Eagles were one. They were tied multi, tied with multiple teams. Uh, most recent 2019 Patriots at eight. So of course, eight games there. The 1934 Bears had nine. The 1984 Dolphins had nine. The 1920 Decatur Staleys, which was I mean, Chicago, yeah, those are that that was my team. <laughs> the 1934 Lions had 10. And the 1920 Akron Pros. I heard LeBron James talked about them the other day. <laughs> LeBron's a clown, bro. Sorry, I had I had to bring that up, but that's 11. <laughs> the lead is 11 games in a row, uh, not trailing in the second half. So that was a cool little stat that I happened to see uh, from Jeff Kerr, CBS tagged us in a photo there, but uh, it's, I, it's I interesting. You, you look at the whole rest of the season and we, we should be favored in every game on the way out. Um which is a cool position to be in. It is also a very dangerous position to be in. I think that you have to be weary of, again, a game like the Texans was the ultimate trap game. And honestly, I feel like this, this commander's game is a trap game because we've already played them once. Now we're playing them at home. Carson Wentz is not playing, so they don't have to get up for that. The fans are not necessarily going to get up for that because Carson Wentz is not going to travel with the team. He will not be on the sideline. He doesn't have the stones to do it. Let's call it like it is. Um, and they'll say, oh, well, they typically don't travel. To the he does not have the stones to do it. Um, I just I, I want to be very cognizant of, okay, let's go out and just foot on the throat here. Because, the, you know, now what they're saying is, oh, well, you know, the, the Steelers were 11-0. Yes, they were. And then they finished the season 11 and six or 11 and five, whatever it was. I don't want that kind of collapse, especially because the NFC East is what it is this year, which holy hell. Yeah. How is the NFC East what it is this year? There, I can't, I don't know. I, I know the Giants would be a little bit better, but I didn't think they'd be this good. Uh, this is crazy. You know, Washington, so, I kind of thought they'd be around this record four and five. Yeah, I knew I Washington was bad. Uh, Dallas, you always know Dallas is going to, they're going to, you know, after Cooper Rush started, uh, when Dak got hurt, I thought they were going to be a lot worse, but uh, they overcame that. But uh, it, it's. To, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. To, uh, Chip, to your uh, the Steelers analogy, um, this has kind of been my biggest pet peeve, like as mm -hmm. recent, is that like people are comparing this team to the 2020 Steelers. Mm -hmm. um, like the, in my perspective, to, to shut that down, um, the Eagles played the Steelers that year, week five, and it was an offense led by Carson Wentz, who 
probably won't be in the league next year. Travis Greg Fulgham. Ward, Travis Fulgham, who had a career game yes. against that quote-unquote great defense. That's when we and thought we had were, diamond in the rough. Exactly. Right. I was and I was the biggest one. I, 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 I have his jerseys. I'm not kidding. I, I have his jersey. But anyways, um, like we were a field goal, a missed field goal away from beating that team. And that team, our, we finished 4-12 and that year. Like we had no business being that game. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they went 11-0. But it's like th- this is the difference between – that team and this team, we destroyed the Steelers this year. Like, we did not even let them have a chance like, to be in the game. And so that's the difference between, like, that team and this team. Like, yes, we're 8-0, you know, you know, and, yeah. you know, everyone wants to call our games, you know, our easy schedule, this and that. But it's like we are dominating our opponents. We're not letting them even have a chance to win. And that's where people need to understand that we are not like them, like different teams completely. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you there, and you know that's a great segue to talk on uh, a couple of things when we you know, stuff that we may think that's going to happen. You know, at least to our great segment, the Uleka Locks. It's time for the Uleka Locks of the week. Who's your lock? All right, and Chip missed that. Um, I did. So, with the locks, I'm gonna hit a little little bit of some tunes. Um, it'll be in the background. Um, but the locks of last week, we had, I did hurts a passing touchdown and two rushing touchdowns. I was wrong. Unfortunately, uh, Adam, who was on our show, he had three rushing touchdowns by different backs. Only two. So it's close. Um, and Mike had Sanders over 125 yards and a touchdown. Uh, did not happen. 93 and a touchdown. So we all were kind of off on those, uh, but close, but no cigar there. So with this, I'm going to give Kendall, you'll be the first one uh, crack at this since you've Pressure never done you like a locks before. Give you the floor here. Tell us what you think is going to happen this week. This is a big one. I'm going to say that Hertz has four touchdowns total, two running, two passing, and has over 300 yards passing. Lock it up. Take it to the bank. And 300 passing yards? Oh, yeah. That would be very, very fun to see. He's coming in strong, and it's on his first lock. Listen, he needs a big game for his MVP case. You know, Josh Allen's banged up. You know, has a Vikings this weekend. What what greater opportunity on on prime time to shut everyone up and show yourself that you are the front runner for the MVP? I mean, he's he's in front of Geno Smith? Hey, Gino's playing well. I'll give him. I, that's what I'm saying. I, I love Gino. Um, but uh, Chip, it's it's up to you now. The floor is yours. So now. I think before I before I left that, I, I don't think I got any of them right. Uh, we're gonna say you got you got one right. I'll give you one. Cool. All right. Well, I'm going to the defensive side of the ball this week. I, I feel like when we played the uh, the Commanders last time around, we we sat on Carson. So I think there was a little bit of a fire in the defense to, you know, go ahead and sit on a bunch. So I don't think the fire is as much there, but I have the Eagles defense with at least three sacks and two interceptions. I'd like to see that. You know, Slay, Slay's been kind of, he wasn't happy. He wasn't thrown at uh, on Thursday. So maybe Slay gets an interception or two uh, Monday night again. But uh, uh, for me, with the Uleka Locks, I'm going to stick with this game as well. I'm not going to go run a different game. I'm going to go with the Eagles and Washington Commanders. And I'm going to say that Robert Quinn gets his first sack as a Philadelphia Eagle. 
Uh, I think he's going to be able to beat Charles Leno around the edge and be able to get a sack, uh, give him that first sack, you know, break the ice there, uh, and not be like Ryan Kerrigan. Uh, yeah, last year we had fun with him. But, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> that leads us to the predictions of the week. Um, and I'm going to start with you, Kendall, uh, again. Uh, with the prediction. I know you did post uh, your prediction. You can kind of relay on why you posted that. It's the floor yours. So initial thought was, you know, it's going to be a close game, you know, divisional game, you know. Um, I obviously thought that. I, I think Heineke is, you know, better than Wentz. But, again, I think this is another opportunity for the Eagles to set the tone and show the world who they are. And, you know, I don't – I don't know how much points this defense has given up most in one game, but it's tough to see them giving up more than 17. That's a, you know, Heineke-led offense. So, um, and then with our offense clicking the way it is, you know, at home, we have a big opportunity to, to showcase that. So, um, I, I'm i hoping it's going to be my prediction, but if it's, you know, close and, you know, low scoring, I wouldn't be – surprised either so what is your prediction prediction i'm stick with it 37 17 birds you'll need those 37 if you're uh, predicting your lock is hurts getting four touchdowns yep. So, yep you need all those points you can get there um but go ahead chip what do you think here prediction wise i think the commanders get a, a couple points in junk time but this game should be a smackdown this game should be another dominate, dominating performance. I'm going 34-13, Eagles. 34-13, that would be a nice little um, Monday night uh, yeah, sleep after Cause, that. Because all the eyes are back on the <laughs> Eagles in Philadelphia. We, we need – it was a rough, rough couple – I'll be honest, I had a sports hangover last week. Well, yeah, you did, yeah. No, there's a lot going on there. Um, and, you know, for me, I'm going to go Eagles as well. I think the offense is going to be able to uh, put some – like I said, I think it's going to be close uh, going into half. And then the second half, I think Eagles will score a couple – have a couple scores to kind of pull away there. But I'm going to go with the Eagles, uh, take it 28-14. to 14. Uh, I don't think Heineke is going to be able to muster a ton of points uh, for Washington. I think there will be a couple turnovers – and if he turns the ball over multiple times, it may be even even worse of a score than that because uh, Eagles just don't turn the ball over. And if that's the case, it's going to be a long day for Washington, uh, and they'll be going back um, back down to uh, nine, back down ninety five at four and six. But it should be fun. And I didn't even touch on the report that came out on everything. There's a major thing with them going out tomorrow. It's just it just. It helps the Eagles cause because they're going to be – it's just the distraction that they are down mm-hmm. there with the sale, with this, with that, with this person coming out major. Now, it's an absolute train wreck down there. I was told there's going to be some bombshells, so leave it at that. Hey. Boom. That's <laughs> anything that organization is a mess, it's only getting worse. Can you be any more surprised with that ownership and what's going on down there? And. It's, it's, a, it's a garbage organization. Again, we went down there for the, the the first game, and I was so unimpressed by everything Washington. Yeah. Did you All guys right. see that statement that was put out? 
Yeah. Yeah. Where basically the owners are pissed off that they're not arresting um, the guy who shot Brian Robinson. Yeah. It's, it's very screwed up. It's very bad. But hey, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to try to go 9 0. Um, hopefully, get there. And we'll be, we'll be back next week to talk about the week 11 matchup and, uh, you know, check out all the shows, AT birds, AT sports. Um, make sure you're checking out, uh, everything we got going on. Um, of course, uh, the union show with, uh, Mike and Dave, uh, unfortunately the union did not uh, win the MLS championship, but, uh, they're still doing great work, uh, awesome stuff across the pitch. So definitely check them out. Um, I know Union's still playing. They have all this stuff. I, I don't know. With soccer, soccer's confusing to me. But uh, right. with all the games they play and everything, but um, uh, definitely check them out. Uh, we have Birds, Beers, and BS with Jeff and Peanut. Uh, so check them out as well. Um, and you know, Burning Bridges will be back, um, but uh, in in due time. But of course, of course, AAT Birds weekly report, uh, pregame, postgame shows when we have them as well. Um, definitely check it out. Um, check us out. We have a lot of cool stuff planned in the near future, uh, some announcements and stuff. So definitely keep an eye out there. Uh, We're thinking about doing another pregame show. Uh, So again, keep your, keep your eyes peeled. And um, you know, with that, uh, the way we usually end it is a very happy and cheerful go birds, go birds, go birds. This is Matt Ware. Hey, for all the Eagle content you need, go follow All About the Birds. They do a damn thing. Check them out. Hey, Eagles fans. I may be in Tampa, but I know where to find the best Eagles content out there. Check out my friends at All About the Birds. Philadelphia, what's up? This is your boy, Freddie Mitchell, a.k.a. Fred X. It's All About the Birds. All birds, all the time. All birds, all the time. All About the Birds provides you with weekly analysis, game recaps, informative interviews, and it's all birds, all the time.